0: Welcome to The Art Box, recorded in our beautiful Mesquite, Nevada and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association provides creative opportunities for all ages. Get creative with us at the Mesquite Fine Arts Center, 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, or find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com or on Facebook, The Art Box.
1: where you are for our okay. listeners where you're located uh, and what oh. your studio name is and tell us what's going on there
2: okay so uh, my name is lynn mcguire and i'm located in on an island called rust island in gloucester massachusetts which is north of boston about 40 minutes it's right on the water it's on the Anasquam river that goes right out to the ipswich bay in the atlantic ocean and it's uh just a beautiful spot. My parents bought this house for, their, for the grandparents back in the 1968. So oh, wow. it's been in the family. Yeah, it's been in the family with, you know, different grandparents living here. And then my, and then my mom and dad and me. And now, now I'm living here with my 91-year-old mom and my 36-year-old daughter and me and two cats, five goats, and one dog. Oh my gosh.
1: And and you've created a fantastic art community and studio. What's going on there? So
2: I have a, we had a garage. It was a couple car garage. And uh, in fact, last year the goats were living in it, but I converted it to a studio, basically an art and movement studio. Uh I'm a retired physical therapist and my daughter's a licensed physical therapy assistant. So we wanted to have a place we could do art and exercise and dance and, you know, yoga and all the stuff that we like to do. So I created it. I, uh, I put, I'll send you pictures because you've seen some of it, but I can send you some good pictures. And what I wanted to do is create an art community, like where I would offer very inexpensive, maximum $15 classes for watercolor, and for figure drawing and for, uh, exercise, uh, dance and stuff like that. Limber and stretch is what I call my class that I teach, but I also have a dance instructor from one of the nonprofits that teaches here. And then I have a teacher that she's an excellent watercolor teacher. And she went to art school and she teaches on Mondays here. And then I have uh, artist demonstrations, In different medium they about every month on the uh, we schedule uh, at one o'clock an artist demo where the artist comes and people only pay $15 because that covers the food and uh, food and beverage (laughs) Uh Uh and and then also I pay for I pay for the demo demos so some artists do demos for free at the, uh, art, the art associations where they're members, but I feel like they're giving us a couple hours of their time, so I pay, I pay them a $100 plus tip if, if I get a lot of people there, you know? So that's in, that encourages the people that are great artists to, to do something where they're going to get paid what they're worth, you know? Sure, sure. They don't have to do everything for free just because they belong to an organization. And then I also have on um, one day a week the, a group of plein air painters, that we, we plain air paint in the summer and in the spring and fall when the weather's good. But in the winter, they usually close down. But I offer the space in the winter and they come like on Tuesday morning from 8 to 1230. They come and paint in the studio if the weather's bad and they work on either their projects or we set up a still life. And then I'm around these incredible artists and they we do we work on everything and then we all critique each other. So we learn from each other's eyes, you know, and from each other's experience. And that's been really helpful to me because, you know, I'm more new to this than most people because I was a full-time physical therapist forever. Um, so that's something we do. And then I also start, I'm starting workshops. I have a oil workshop in January. It's a, a full-day workshop. And then I have a a um, pastel workshop in March and then in June I have uh, Don Andrews who's a very famous he's written quite a few books he's doing a beautiful watercolor interpreting the figure in watercolor and then interpreting the landscape on the second day so he's doing a two-day workshop so I've got a lot going on here and then my give back to the community is what I learned from you uh, when we worked together at Get Smart from Get Smart with Art Um, I took that same concept and the same ideas and the lessons that we did in uh at the Mesquite Gallery of Fine Art and I started a ours is called, I kinda you know, stole some of the name. I said smart smart with art and movement workshops. So I started doing that just a few weeks ago at Pathways for Children, which is a it's an after school uh program, nonprofit that takes care of kids uh, You know, after the school hours and preschool, and they they focus on giving them everything that they don't have. They're underprivileged kids. Their parents are working their butts off to provide for them, and you know, often they can't get get to pick up. You know, be home for after school. So it's a it's a really great program, and I I do free classes there. I was gonna do them once a month, but they. We're so popular, they want me every week. So now we've been going out every week. And my daughter, that's the PTA, she went with me last week because she'd heard about it and she was so excited. So she went with me and she, we, we actually changed the day we do it so she can help me with the exercise part as well. And that was a big hit because she's younger and, you know, young kids like to have somebody a little closer to their age, I think. <laughs> sure, sure. And- so anyway, that gives you an idea of all the things we got going and i applied you know how you applied for the grants and you got uh-huh, them uh-huh. so i applied for a grant at the with the gloucester cultural council you Yay. are
1: amazing you you said to me i'd like to learn how to write a grant for this Can you send me just what you've done? And I said, yes, Lynn, but that's not going to apply, you know, out east. This is totally different. And you learned how to do this all by yourself. You are an amazing person (laughs) with so much energy and
2: enthusiasm. Well, you know what's happened to me that I really, you know, I was reading your questions just a little about 20 minutes ago. Uh And one thing that I just noticed in the last six months And I don't know if it's my age. I don't know if it's that I'm so happy. I don't know if it's, I'm just at a, I'm at a stage where I'm, I dream about, like I go to bed, I sleep for a few hours and then I wake up with a million ideas and then I, and then I just start implementing them. Wow. Like the next day I'll wake up, I'll say, you know what? I want to start doing figure drawing. I want to learn how to draw the figure. I'm going to get some models to come in here and I'm going to do it here in the studio where I'm most comfortable. And I just start scheduling it, start getting the uh, people together and the the space and advertising for it. And then it comes to fruition. So I'm kind of like in a stage right now, while I've got all this energy that I'm, I'm in a more creative space than I've been ever, I think. And then also I'm fearless. Like I went to a figure class uh, last week and everybody there was like a, They do professional portraits and professional figures, and they're really established artists in the field. I'm the only one that's just learning, and I wasn't intimidated at all. Oh, wow. That's excellent. And I've never felt that way. Usually, if I'm not the best at something, I don't want to do it, you know, (laughs) when I was younger. But I think it's happening with age. I just want to learn new things right now. I want to, if I'm getting a little bit bored with doing landscapes and seascapes, and um, watercolor is my medium to answer the other question you were throwing out there before. And, uh, I'm getting like, well, I want to start doing some mixed media. I want to do figures. I want to do things that I've been afraid to do in the past. You know, I was wow. so intimidated by putting a body in my, even in my painting, you know, that adds scale and depth and life to it. But now I'm getting where I'm just going to try it. I mean, it's only paper, you know? Hey Lynn. Paper paint.
3: Lynn, can I ask you, you? You beat me to the dream um, question I have, but let me ask you about the dream. When you dream, do yeah. you, do you get up immediately or write it down so you don't forget it?
2: No, I have a really good memory, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't I don't write things down. But oh, you know I can't say that's true. That's not true because what I do do is I I am I've always been insomniac. So I, I, and part of it is that my mind goes so much, you know, it's just filled with ideas. So when I lie down and actually have a quiet time, my mind starts racing. It's done that my whole life.
1: Wait, wait, wait a minute. Repeat that, those two words. You actually have a quiet time. That's not the Lynn I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. You and everyone else. Well, that's why, like, late at night, everybody's giving me a hard time that my email's go out at like three in the morning. But what they don't understand is after I've slept, I wake up and the house is dead quiet. And that's when I do like my, I pull up pictures from the day or from the week. And I do my social media. I share with people. I reach out to people on my, on my emails. I do my Instagram, my Facebook because in the middle of the night, there's nothing and then I'm full of. I've had all these ideas. Well, I'm, you know, like you're asking about the dreaming. I've had all these ideas, so I want to put them in place. Or I'm in in bed. I'm thinking about. Oh, I got to make sure I let people know about, you know, what's going to happen in two days. So mm-hmm. I get I get people to attend. You know, if you don't bother people a lot in this day and age with our our ADHD, you know, brains. You know, we're we're just. If you don't let people know. About something that was in their calendar a month ago, they won't come. You know, yeah. nobody RSVPs. That drives me nuts. Nobody RSVPs to tell you they're coming.
3: Right. I had
2: a, I had a holiday, a holiday show and exhibition yesterday, and I invited a bunch of artists to that I either paint with. Yeah, most of them are people I've painted with or that I know personally, and I like their art or they're in classes here. Uh And I said, bring three paintings and bring, you can put some things in the bin, you know, they're like, that are wrapped in like, at least plastic or whatever. And I said, uh, and I won't charge you any commission because everybody else charges up to 50%. It's usually like 45 to 50% if they sell something. I said, I don't care about that. I want you to keep your commission, you know, just give me 15 bucks for the wine and food, you know. But it was such a great experience because A lot of people that have never shown their work, one gal, so insecure, she's had a very, very rough life, and so insecure, and just, like, the things she says that are so belittling about herself, guess what, she sold a painting yesterday. Oh, wow, fantastic. I couldn't have been happier, it makes me almost cry right now, because she said to me after she sold it, she was so happy, she said, do you think they just bought it because they feel sorry for me? I said, you stop that right now. They bought it because they loved it. They bought it because you did a good job. Take that as an affirmation that you've been working so hard at your craft that you created something that moved somebody enough that they bought it and they want it in their home. And she goes, oh, you know, it was like I had to pump her up, Yeah. even though they bought it like she I still had to pump her up about it. And but it made me so happy because this is somebody who's just started painting in the last year, you know. And she was able to sell something yesterday. This is fantastic. You no, do it. so
1: much for the artists and for, you know, just developing that community for everybody. I am looking just at your flyer right now, and it says Director Lynn McGuire offers affordable art education for all ages and abilities in her beautiful studio on Rust Island weekly classes monday create art wednesdays limber up thursdays figure sketch group with model all of those are fifteen dollars oh my gosh exactly special classes fridays one to four plein air with caleb stone friday november 17th paint and sip saturday the 18th demo oil mary rose o'connell saturday december 16th demo abstract sarah milton sunday december 17th holiday open studio cell it's just amazing it's not just watercolor you're doing and not just landscape you're doing
2: everything i know isn't that something else and the thing the crazy thing is last year there was goats living in my garage (laughs) <laughs> I know.
1: And I see where are the goats live. now I see pictures of the I, goats on Facebook. Yeah, I
2: built a manger for them uh. with using um, <laughs> fences, like using fence, um, fencing. Uh-huh. And I bent it over because I saw it on a YouTube video. That's another thing. I've learned I, if you want to know how to do something, just start researching and you can do it. Like I don't have to rely on a man or a Uh boyfriend or a husband or even sometimes paying somebody. I'm learning how to do things on my own. And that helps me with my confidence because I'm living here just, you know, a bunch of uh, women Uh where it's a femme farm, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) we call it a femme farm because we don't have any male, anything. When I had, uh, when I bred all these goats and I had like 12 goats running around, there was like nine boys. So I sold all the boys and I, just kept the girls <laughs> oh
1: and and you built their their uh manger, their manger yeah by I'll, yourself
2: I'll, yep well oh I my had gosh. I, I had uh actually I did do it by myself my daughter helped me with some of it but uh-huh. it was pretty much me oh I'm my very gosh. strong because I'm a physical therapist and I exercise uh-huh. a lot uh-huh. so I like nothing intimidates me if I start to get where I'm you know think I'll hurt myself then I get help but I found yeah. out you know that's part of what's going on with my age I think I'm 68 this year, and I'm healthy as an ox, Uh and something's just, I'm not afraid. I was even telling a friend of mine, she was in here, she's the teacher, and she was saying how she's very lonely, because she won't even go out to a bar, or she won't go to a restaurant by herself, and I said, you know, after I was divorced, I was kind of like that, because I was used to doing things as a couple, or with my friends, but now I... I've gone out enough times and I just sit there quietly by myself or if someone talks to me, I talk and I'm I'm more comfortable in my own skin, I think, than I've ever been. And I think that comes with years and also living on my own now. I'm not part of a couple, so I'm getting my confidence. You know, I don't. I'm not having to rely on someone else to do things in my life. I'm just doing it myself. Do you understand what I mean?
1: Oh, absolutely. You are inspiring. Truly. Aww. So no,
2: about what he about what uh what's what's your name, the gentleman you're with? I forget. Steve.
3: Uh, no, Linda's banishing Steve. me from the room. Because <laughs> she's Linda says this is a Femme studio for on. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I let me,
2: I let men in here for only for a limited time only. No, Testosterone testosterone's very limited, okay? But I like last night I had lots of friends here that were men. And they did add significantly to the party.
1: Oh, there you go. And we, you and I met recently because you flew into Las Vegas, rented Mm -hmm. a car, and want to tell us where you were going and what you were doing?
2: Yes. So there is a, this kind of goes back to your question about who's influenced you. Uh huh. So one of the most beautiful watercolorist and teacher that I know in the West is Carl Purcell. It's P-U-R-C-E-L-L. And he is from a family of painters. Uh, His dad was a a very well-known painter. His brother is a very well-known painter. And he teaches at, he taught at Snow College, like his whole career. And he loves to teach and he loves to paint. And he has an eye like you can't believe in Interpreting the landscape, and he does a uh, during. Usually, it's during the week of Plain Air at, up in uh, Zion. Uh-huh. He does a workshop there, and he is just. It's a. It's every November, and it's usually around the tenth of November, and he does a a watercolor workshop, and it's such a good class that even if you didn't do watercolor, if you did any other medium or if you were a beginner, you would get something out of it. He's written two books. One is called um, Drawing with the Artist's Brain and Painting with the artist, Artist's Brain. And they're just fantastic references um, uh, to for anybody that's interested in starting it or improving their, their craft. But he taught, you know, college for years. So he's used to teaching, you know that age you know that age group people and he taught it he's taught it for people that have no they're not ma- majors in art or they're majors in art so he's taught both and he's comfortable with anyone and he's just such a gentle soul very kind wonderful person um i've known him probably for i knew him before he wrote his book so it's been like over 30 years and i've probably been to i, I go to the same workshop many times because every time i go I'm at a different level in my abilities or in my experiences or in my being open to learning new things. And I'm becoming a better student as I age. I think I used to, if I was getting a, you know, getting a little block or getting a little frustrated, I'd abandon something and maybe not be willing to just listen to somebody that maybe could help me find the way of a better, you know, creating something better. So I think as I'm getting older, maybe I'm getting a little better at listening to the teachers because I've had about three or four teachers in the last two years say that I'm a great student, which shocks me because I'm not a very good listener. I'm a much better talker, if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I but, imagine so I'm you're a, a good student. as I yeah. age, And that's pretty exciting at 68 to, yeah. become, be, to realize that, oh, man, I can learn just about anything at this stage. And I am and I realized that I was a really good physical therapist, and I'm a great teacher, because that's what you do all day in physical therapy, you're teaching somebody how to take care of their body. But, and as you saw, even though I, I wasn't an art, I didn't have an art degree, I'm a good teacher of kids, and of uh, anything that I know a little about, I'm good at teaching it to somebody else, I think.
1: <laughs> yes, and Steve, when she worked with me with the Get Smart with Art, as a teacher, she always had questions, too. Um, and a lot of it had to do with how you keep kids safe in a program like that. Yeah, I didn't make know all the stuff that you know from working uh-huh.
2: in the school districts.
1: Yeah, so important. She, she's such a quick learn. You know, it wasn't just come in and teach my art. She wanted to know everything that was going on. <laughs> so I, I was really impressed. I'm still impressed. Aww. So,
2: Well, Linda, I want to tell you, I have applied that because Dealing with these kids at Pathways, a lot of them have, you're not allowed to take, like, a lot of them have, you're okay to take pictures, Uh but then a lot of them have such trouble, uh, they've had such a troubled life that their parents are protecting them and they will not allow pictures. So they have these name tags that say NP, that's no pictures. And it's kind of sad because they're so excited to share their work, but they have to hold the work. If you looked at the one I posted of them with the pastel color wheels, uh-huh. like what we did in, in Nevada, yeah. they, a lot of them had to hold the wheel above their face. Uh-huh. And it just breaks my heart because they're going, please, can you talk to my parents about making me a, you know, taking this off my badge? Cause they want to, they're proud.
3: Mm-hmm. hmm
2: and they want to share what they're doing, you know, and it's it's hard because and then some of them, I think their parents are just afraid of having their kids exposed in social media, you know, with sure. good reason. Like you said, like what you taught me, the world is not, you know, not everybody's a good person. And there's people that are not good to kids or they are not going to, you know, watch out for them. And right. so I've learned a lot from you that way. And then I'm. It's helped me also be more careful when I talk to them. Now that I'm, you know, you're in a situation. Oh, my gosh, the most beautiful thing happened. This is a segue to that. I go around the room. I tell about myself. And then I say, I want each of you to just tell me a little bit, something about yourself that you want me to know. Well, this is like the third class. And this one little kid, and cute as a bug, he's he's sitting there hemming and hawing. You know, can I pass? I can't think of anything. And then his teacher says, you had something fabulous happen this week, you need to tell Lenny. And he's looking at me and he's looking at her and he's. you could see his mind's going, is what I think is fabulous the same thing that she thinks is fabulous?
1: Huh.
2: Is that what I'm supposed to share? You know, like you could see his mind working. Yeah. And he said, I was adopted this week. Oh, wow. His whole life, his whole life, he's been fostered. He's been a foster child his whole life and he was finally adopted. And the pride and all the kids a bunch of us started crying. Yeah. It was so touching. So things like that happen in these classes where you realize how, you know, you know, some people have had a rough had a rough life and then good things happen.
3: And it's and it's good and it was good I bet he was happy that you celebrated that.
2: Yes, yeah. he was. He was so thrilled. And you should have seen his little face beam. And, and the other kids, some of the other kids didn't even know. And they were all, like, clapping. And, oh, that's so great. Yeah. Because maybe all his life he's been wondering why he wasn't, you know.
3: Yeah. So yeah. How how him. wonderful you did that. And it was I wonderful know. is that his peers. Exactly. Showed some excitement as well.
2: Yeah. Exactly. It was so beautiful. Oh, my gosh.
3: I'm... And the
2: cutest thing, too, when we went around, like. Each kid would share something about themselves. And you know the old, the thing, the old telephone game where as you share something, it changes, the story changes? Yes. Well, it was funny because each kid shared something about themselves that made the next kid think of, oh, I'm going to share about, you know, yeah, I have my mom, my dad, my sister, but I have animals. And then they might say the, the last kid said something about some hobby they like. So they're like, "And I love to, you know, I love to skateboard," or the next one would say, "And I have a dog." and I, have, it was so cute because uh-huh. each of them informed what the next one would say. They'd think, "Oh, I've got something to share about myself." And it was so sweet by the end of the group, by the end of the, per- by the 13th person. Or fourteenth person, they had a lot to share.
1: <laughs> oh sure, as you That's know, so there are so many re- rewards when working with youth, and Steve knows that too. He used to coach. Oh, I love it. So, um, but let me let's walk back just a little bit because yep. I met you in Mesquite, yeah, and you, I I'd like to know is that your first time you started with art, or were you always interested in art? Oh,
2: okay, so. I have been a collector of art. In fact, I've been telling people this story lately because uh, I, everybody comes in here and they say, how can you have so much art? How could you have bought all this art? I said, well, I've been collecting art. I remember my first painting was in the 60s and it was a Stilson and it was a, it was a charcoal of a figure, a woman, you might even remember this one. I'll send you a picture of it okay. when we get off. And it was a charcoal, like a sepia type print looking like a print and she's it's her back nude with long hair and she's brushing her hair and she's looking in a mirror and it's just the, it was so moving to me. And here I was just a teenager, you know, and I loved it so much. And I bought, I saved my money. I think I was, I can't remember what I was doing, maybe cleaning or landscaping. I can't remember what I was doing then to have some money, but I did, I saved money and I bought it. It was framed in this very modern frame. And I've had I've dragged that with me everywhere I've gone and I've moved a million times. And that was in my bathroom in Vegas and in, in right above the bathtub. It was a very sexy picture above the bathtub. And um, anyway, so that was one. And then I have another one I found that was here at my mom's house was uh, it's a seagull, but it's only like using a negative shape to show the seagull. And I'm trying to teach people about negative shapes, how you can do a whole Painting, just using negative shapes. Sure. But then I found this seagull, and I was like, I showed it to the the ladies that come and the men that come paint here, and they're like, Oh my gosh, you know that is so perfect that that was your first painting. And they said you need to put this up next to now. I've got one of like the finest Anthony Timi. He's one of the famous, famous. um I've got one of his graphite sketches. They said you need to put yours, the sketch you bought back when you were just a teenager, next to this one. <laughs> Yes. But, so anyway, I've been collecting art for years and I started taking classes from artists that I wanted to paint like. And I've always loved watercolor more than any other medium. I just, something about it speaks to me. Something about it is just, I've collected it. And then I took a, it, I would say probably in my 40s, I took a workshop out at Star Island, which is in the Isles of Shoals off the coast of Portsmouth, New Hampshire and maine and it's an island that my family's been going to since 68 1968 and we go every year for this international affairs conference because when i was a kid my dad was in the peace corps so my parents were always concerned you know they were service they were uh into acts of service not military service but acts of service you know, we worked in on Indian reservations, we worked with the Quakers, we were in the Peace Corps. So, so when we came back from the Peace Corps, they signed up for this International Affairs Conference. And we've been going there every year. Well, at that conference, one year, when I was in my 40s or late 30s or 40s, I took this workshop. And it was the teachers, the teachers in that workshop, they were both older couple. And they're probably are, were, then were much younger than I am now. But at the time, I thought they were really old. You know how it is? Sure. Uh huh. But they encouraged me. They saw something in my love of the medium and then my kind of wildness about me, you know, that I was just I was, you know, just free with the free with the pigment, free with the water, whatever. And they said something like, oh, my gosh, you paint like such and such. And I said, is that good? (laughs) (laughs) They go, it's fabulous. It's wonderful. Whatever. I don't remember what they said. But I was so excited to create something in the medium that I loved. And then have something. and, And I got so much enthusiasm from people around me. Because I was always somebody that said, oh, no, I'm not artistic at all. You know, one of those people that basically, you know, that you hear it every day. I couldn't even, I couldn't even do a stick figure, you know, that kind of talk. Uh-huh. And oh, what that's that's do, me. That's you. Well, <laughs> let me tell you something, Steve. One thing I've learned in this journey is anybody can paint. Anybody can draw. You just have to have the will and then you have the patience, and you have to practice and practice. And you start learning, like, all of these classes, they teach you how to see And once you can start seeing things differently, you know, start seeing just shapes. Don't worry about details. Once you start looking at the world, squint your eyes and look at the world as shapes, you can can reproduce things. Now, I'm not a realist. I like more impressionistic style. But enough that, you know, you can tell what I'm painting when I paint a landscape or a seascape or a building. I've always had trouble with perspective. And my husband, who was in construction, he was really good at being able to point out, you know, Lenny, that building's all wrong. If you could just get that building right, you got everything else. You got the shadows, you got this and that. And, I, and that's something I'm still working on. I'm still, I haven't got the, ru- I'm better, but I haven't, because I love to put a, a building in a, in a scene. I think it just adds more life to it. And I love architecture, so. That's cool. But then boats, I can I put boats in my paintings now. So I have to get you have to be you have to get really good at it because everybody else compares you with somebody that knows how to paint boats. (laughs) Right. So I'm I am at a stage where. If I don't know how to do something, I'm not going to say, well, I just can't do that or I don't want to do that. If I if I'm interested in something and I like looking at something, I'm going to learn how to do it. I won't be the best at it, but I'll at least I'll try. and it, it expands my mind, it expands my life, expands my confidence, you know, and my well-being. I sleep better, creating art. I sleep better. I communicate better with people. I have an enthusiasm about life, thanks to art. Thanks to seeing the world, I see beauty everywhere. I see be- beauty in the littlest things. I mean, unbelievable. So I'm grateful to Art for that.
1: It's amazing how it can change your perspective, isn't it?
2: Definitely. Absolutely.
1: So now how did you get, you just moved out east and decided overnight, probably one of those nights when you couldn't sleep, that you were going to start an art studio and form well, a I learning community. Well,
2: I've always wanted to have, I, I've actually been talking about having an art gallery for years Okay, retiring and moving back here and having an art gallery. And my dad and I that was one of my my dreams with him. So that's been in my brain for years and years and years. Since I was collecting art, I would say probably since my 30s.
1: Wow.
2: And because I love the art community here. I love collecting art. I figured I'm a good salesperson. And I I've taught people a lot about art just being a good collector. I go to museums, my parents introduced me to art as a child. In Europe, they took me to like the Louvre and they took me to, you know, all these museums. And I'm not a church person, but I love going in those cathedrals and all of the, you know, the sculptures. Mm -hmm. Like I remember seeing, like I said, I'm not I'm not religious, but I saw the Pieta. I cried. I sobbed. It was so beautiful. And I thought, look at that. Look what this statue could do for me of the mother and child, you know, like the, mm-hmm. just like the mother and, and Jesus, you know, it was just unbelievable, you know? So mo- art can move you whether you believe that story or not, it can move you because you see the, you can see something. It's just amazing to me. It's amazing. You know?
3: Well, everywhere I'm learning everywhere you look is art.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Everywhere. That's true. And it's so fun too. now. I think I, I think I used to have more of a maybe a kind of a, a little bit of an attitude towards somebody that wasn't a re, more of a impressionist or a realist, like abstract. You know, I had a kind of an attitude, but now I'm starting to see the beauty in abstract. And I this class that I took on uh, the portraits. She went through and showed Picasso's early period when he was in a teenager. And that man could do the most unbelievable portraits like Sergeant or like, you know, anybody. He started out with the skills that the people, the best Mm -hmm. painters in the world, the realists admire. And he developed over time. He experienced, I think, oh, yeah. So if Picasso could end up with the Cubist and all this other stuff. So she showed us his evo- evolution as a painter. And then when we looked at his Cubist stuff at the end, he still applied all of the same things that he applied in a traditional portrait. I was just blown away. Because we don't, you know, I didn't know that Picasso was that fine of an artist when he was young. Did you?
1: Well, I did.
2: Um, you did? Okay, because, good. Because, but...
1: I find, personally, abstract is much more difficult than realism for me. Yeah. And I've heard that most artists start out painting, or mo- most people who want to study art start out by painting realistic pictures or drawing realistic pictures. And it takes it to another level to actually right. do impressionistic and abstract. Well, yes.
3: What, when, did, when did he move to abstract? Did it have anything to do with the invention of the camera?
2: I don't, I I can't, I don't remember that detail, but I remember that, I remember that she showed all of these, like, over years time, and I don't know what age he was, but I know we saw painting, we saw him, he had done a commission at 17 years old of a, of somebody that was important, and in society or whatever, and it was so well done. It was like looking at something a Leonardo da Vinci would do. You know, it was so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And then over time, he started he started evolving to do things more abstract, more abstract, more abstract, more, you know, the cubist. And then, but in that, he still retained everything that he learned to be able to do a realistic portrait. Mm-hmm. And, and when she pointed this stuff out, it made me appreciate his... His later stuff, which I truthfully I didn't, I just thought it was bizarre. But then when she pointed out, look, he's got this, he's got this, he's got all the elements that he learned in learning traditional painting, and then he's just evolved to interpreting it in a different way. And it was, it, I just like wow. I thought that was fantastic.
3: Hey, Lynn, was Lynn. Fun. So yeah. now that we're in this vein, if you could go back in time, in the art world, Mm
2: -hmm. where
3: where would you go and why?
2: In the art world? um, Well, I'm not really sure what... I don't know exactly what you mean. Is it like... uh, Do you mean if I had a chance to change how I was learning things? If if
3: you had a chance to time travel backwards, Um, where would you go and why?
2: Well, if I was a child now, I would hope that I have a teacher like me (laughs) and like Linda... And like um, so many people that have influenced me, like Carl Purcell and people that basically if I was if I had it over to do over again as a child, before I started judging myself, I would say, you know, like when I'm teaching these kids, I see that the best ones are these five and six year olds because they have no fear. They listen to you like I did a a painting with scissors class a la Matisse, you know, drawing with scissors last week. And the only kids, kid that actually did the positive and negative spaces the way I was trying to get them to do was a five and six-year-old. And I told that to Kelly. I said, listen, that kid listened, he learned, and he applied it. And he was the youngest one. He hadn't got to the stage where he's just ignoring half of what I say <laughs> <laughs> or ha- ignoring what he's seeing and i said isn't that interesting the one him and another little one the two little ones actually applied cuz their paintings looked like somebody who'd listened to my class do you sure. know what i'm saying oh sure the okay so the, so one thing i think i would hope that if i could go back the joy that i got in any kind of an art class and it's funny it's interesting because i never really got any um, art i don't think art got to me the way i was really good at Athletic things like running, swimming, you know, things like that, individual sport type stuff. And so I got a lot of positive praise because my dad was an athlete and a coach. And so I didn't really have anybody that was encouraging the art part. My mom and dad were not that way. She was a nurse and he was an educator. Sure. But not artistic. So, but my grandfather was. And I now am finding in the, I have his, his oil box, I have his easels. I've been going through the cl- closet and finding he was a great photographer. And so I'm using all of his uh, photography easels for my plein air and for my classes because you can mount a, like a little pallet on it and a little, uh, a little whatever you call the stand part, the part that you put the painting on. But I'm seeing now, I'm finding his old paintings and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I had maybe connected with him more than I am doing now that he's dead. But then uh, now I look back at his, all of his slides and his back then it's all they had was slides, you know, to show you when he'd come back from a trip and he just, we'd have those slide projectors. (laughs) He has a great big screen and we look at, we look at a trip on a big slide screen, a slide show. It was fantastic. But now I see that he had a really good eye. His photography is incredible and i wish at that stage that i had maybe tapped into some of his love of the uh, of art and and also that i just wish i'd had a teacher that uh, when i wasn't afraid to show me how fun things can be to create i think that's that would be my answer how's that
1: that's good i think you tapped into into your grandfather's art
2: grandma who was an incredible woman she raised my dad by with being the working parent, she was a one of the first accountants in Boston. She was an accountant for Boston Woven Hose here, and she met somebody who was a foundry worker. My grandpa, my grandpa, who's was my stepgrandpa, he he um, his family came across at Tiffany's, had them come across and paint uh, china and do uh, foundry work for brass uh, like. Things that they'd make in the factory, you know, in Tiffany's Uh and in Boston in the in the foundry. And so the first they came to New York and then he ended up in Boston. But so he wasn't blood related, but he was around me. He ended up really enhancing my grandma's life. He was very charming. She says he could uh, sell the, you know, that expression, sell the Brooklyn Bridge or whatever. (laughs) Uh Uh But he didn't, you know, she had to be the provider. And he never even lived with her that I could that I heard about. But you know, people didn't talk a lot about their lives, especially women back then. That's right. So I find out I find out through you know years later the stories through other people's telling of the story.
1: It's so good that they do do share the stories before they're gone. Lynn, what does the future hold for Snug Harbor and you now?
2: I think it's just at the very beginning of getting the word out to everybody that this is going to end up being a really amazing art and movement community in this studio. I'm in it right now looking around and it's, it's helped me connect and make new friends here and, and be part of a community that I really hadn't, you know, I only came home for, for vacations and see my family, but I didn't really ever have friends here really. And I'm, I'm becoming, I'm influenced by a lot of older people, people much older than me here right now. And I love that. And I think I'm better at listening and learning from them than I used to be when I was younger. I think I value that. And I think this community is just going to get better and better. And I hope we nurture younger people to be thinking, you know, to be free like I feel right now. And try new things and realize that they can do anything they want to do creatively and uh, I'm hoping that that's what the future holds for Snug Harbor, that a lot more people that we can influence a lot more people. I'm hoping I get more grants so I can afford to be as generous as I am now, because I the money can't I can't just keep pouring out all the money without a little coming back to pay for it. You know, sure. so I do have to make some money to be able to do my my nonprofit stuff, like with the Pathways for Children. And I'm really excited about continuing to work with my daughter because my daughter Having her in that class was so wonderful for the both of us to experience those kids' stories and their enthusiasm. It was just absolutely wonderful. And so that's that's nice. It's something I can share with my daughter, and she can keep it going. When I'm long gone, this will still be here, and it's something that she can continue to do. A great, you know? a great legacy. Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
3: Yeah, Lynn, I, I love that you say that you're trying to pass down to the kids your feelings of how you feel so free okay, with creativity, and that's kind of the way I feel. I feel these are the best years of my life, and I look that's at awesome. I look at some of the kids we work with, and they seem to be stressed,
2: so stressed.
3: You know, stressed, and I don't know. You know, obviously they got to go to school and pass a test. I don't have to do that. Um, they don't have to worry about where the next meal's coming from, or maybe some of them do. But uh, I think that's a really good thing that you're doing, trying to to pass some of the freeness down to those younger, and and hopefully they can find a way to pick that up.
2: You know, it's so true, Steve, because when we start the class, the tension in the room is so – like even when Kelly was there and there was a new face – they were all only looking at me and I was like, you know, she's gorgeous. She's fun. But they were like nervous. Right. And I was noticing the tension like a lot of them had try and not answer the question about sharing themselves. By the end, people were coming up and hugging us and you could see how they just re- they just, you know, we relaxed them. Plus, they got a lot of exercise. We do exercise uh, throughout the, the the session. So it's not just sitting. In a chair, you know. I believe in movement as healing, you know.
3: Well, if I, if if I go to one of Linda's um, plein air, and I make a mistake, then she makes me run a lap. So yeah, so. I, I love it. Or or get down and give me twenty, Steve. So yeah, I get I some it. exercise too. Good job,
2: Linda.
1: She's
3: such a taskmaster.
1: Lynn, you are doing such a phenomenal job there, establishing this art community. I hope sometime that I get a chance to come visit you as you have invited me to come visit. And I hope I, I would can do love that. it if you can. Um We were going to ask you our last question. Steve, okay. would you like
2: to ask it?
3: Yeah, Lynn, what's inspired you this past week?
2: I would say I would say the kids at Pathways this past week because I probably retold a couple of the stories of what happened. So it's on my mind a lot. And the joy that I feel from that has inspired me. And then what else? Oh, my mom, my mom, my mom was, was she, I make her take the classes here. And at first she's like, do I have to? And I'm like, yeah, you do. And she, but she, so she started out, I can't paint. I can't do this. I can't see. You know, she's got macular degeneration. Well, now she, she, crea- every time she has a class, she creates something so amazing. And I make her do my exercise class and you know, part of it's selfish because I want her to be healthy. Sure. I, you know, there'll be less for me to take care of if she's healthy and she doesn't fall. Right.
3: <laughs> that's and, true. You
2: know, if she stays out of the hospital and if she stays here at home, you know, but it's also seeing her gain confidence at 90, you know, she, she's in her 92nd year and to see her like gaining confidence in things she never had confidence in her physical ability or her artistic ability. And that's wonderful. So I would say my mom and then the kids. Those have inspired me the most this last week.
3: Fantastic.
1: Absolutely. Well, Lynn, we thank you so much for taking your time to talk with us today. And we'll be following Snug Harbor Studio online and Instagram.
2: All right. So on Instagram, it's snug underscore harbor underscore studio. Okay. So get on that because that's where I'm the most, uh, I think I'm, more, I connect with more artists on that than anything.
1: Okay. We'll, All right? we'll do that, and we'll put it up on our uh, podcast link. It's always a treat to talk to you. You have I a great day. I love talking to you. I think
2: you're just such a wonderful person, and I'm so happy you came in my life. Oh, And wow. look what you've done. Look what you've spurned with that Get Smart With Art. Now I'm like, I'm like I've taken the, uh, what do you say, the mantle? I've taken the baton. <laughs> and, and brought it to the East you Coast. You took
3: took the baton and ran across the Mississippi River.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you were
1: you are amazing. We're gonna let you go. And All right. Thank have you a great so much. You
2: too. I appreciate it. Thank Th- you very thank
3: much. You, thank you, Lynn. You're inspiring.
2: Oh, uh, thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.
0: Broadcasting from the Mesquite Works Steam Center in the scenic Mojave Desert. The Artbox sponsors thank you for listening. You can find us on Spotify and Amazon Music. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We welcome all comments. You can email us at artboxvv at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the Virgin Valley Artists Association.